I grew up, I guess, first playing. I always loved music. And so I was always listening to music in my parents' basement. And, you know, before there were headphones, they were ear, like they had one like earphone. And I didn't, I didn't like that. So. Welcome to the Career Education Learners in the Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Rivers. I'm elated and excited to have two-time Grammy-nominated composer, bass player David Dyson today. How you doing today, David? I can't complain. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that grand introduction. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I could have had a lot more on that when I looked at your profile on LinkedIn, my brother. I, it was a lot there. We're going to go through a lot of that already. So don't worry <laughs> about that. We're going to go through this, this massive um, profile that you have here, and hopefully the students and our viewers and listeners will learn a lot about you and a lot about music. All right. All right. That sounds good to me. <laughs> well, David, <laughs> tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your journey to your current career path. Uh, I just, uh, um, I grew up, I guess, first playing, uh, I always loved music, mm -hmm. and so I was always listening to music in my parents' basement and, you know, before there were headphones, they were ear, like they had one like earphone <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't like that. So I would take, I would take the speakers of the, the, the stereo system and, and, um, you know, like, uh, put them parallel to each other, like facing each other. And I would put a pillow in between there and I would lay down and listen to my music like that. It's crazy. <laughs> so those were like my early day headphones. <laughs> Um, but uh, I um I was just before I was even a musician. I guess I was a musician because I was listening to everybody. I was listening to Sly Stone and Larry Graham and all the you know all the good stuff, Blue Magic. I mean any anything anything Rare Earth because my 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 father and my uh, godmother they were big into music, so they had a lot of they had a huge library of stuff. So I was listening to everything, even. Even <laughs> even their Richard Pryor, you know, my papa had a Richard Pryor collection. I was listening to that. I was sneaking and listening oh, to that yeah. too. Yeah. But uh, um, so you know, I had a nice library to 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 pick from, and you know, my pops was in the service. He was in the Air Force, so um, you know, he'd come back with all the, you know, he had all the John Coltrane and Charlie Parker. He had all the miles, all, all the jazz stuff, you know? So I was listening to all that. He was into that then. And I was, um, uh, you know, as a kid at first, when you first hear, Hey, can you, you know, when you're in a car and you playing the straight ahead, you're like, can you hey, put on something different? Yeah. That, now it's like, my kids are like that to me. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah, so I was just listening and then uh, then my parents would buy me a, you know, they'd buy stuff from like Toys R Us, the little toy guitars and drum sets and I'd beat those up. And then, but um, but when I got serious, it, it was uh, the first record with Brothers Johnson, Look Out oh, for man. Number One. And that was the one that did it for me. I was like, all right, I got to play bass now. Louis, you know, listening to Louis Johnson and 
um, and just staring at the cover and learning, you know, just learning by looking like, okay, I can see the difference between a regular bass, you know, a bass guitar and a, and a regular guitar, you know, a six string guitar. So I, that, that was like my first lesson on studying on what, what, what the difference was between a guitar and a bass guitar, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, um, you know, and then I started, uh, um, I wanted to play sax. I, I said, okay, I wanted to play sax. I don't know why. I just I thought it was a sexy instrument or whatever. So it you is know. a sexy instrument. Yeah, I yeah. play sax, David. So it is a sexy instrument. You're yeah. right. It's a sexy instrument. <laughs> yeah. It is. A, it is a sexy yeah, instrument. Yeah. So. It, that definitely is. It definitely <laughs> is. But I, I don't know what my mind frame was as a kid. But that's what I wanted at first. And then, but um, by the time my parents went to the music store, they were like, you know, they were all rented out. And my parents weren't gonna buy sax, you know. No, that was so, expensive, man. Yeah. So um, we went to, you know, they took me to the music teacher at the school, and the, and, the, and the music teacher was like, "Well, we got this here in the closet," and it was a euphonium, the bar- you know, baritone. And so uh, I, uh, that's what that was really my first instrument, a baritone. And so oh, I was man. reading bass clef back then. That was the same clef, you know. And I and I stuck with it till. Till almost high school, you know, I, I was in the Prince George's County Orchestra and I got superior ratings and all that. I was like, I'm like, oh, man. and uh, I was in, I, but I was like, it just wasn't that fun. It wasn't the instrument I wanted to play. It wasn't cool, oh. you know? And, <laughs> you know. And so I said, you know what? But so when, when the, like I said, when the Brothers Johnson record came out, I was like, all right, that's it. I got to play bass. My parents got me a bass that Christmas and, in the Mel Bay study book, you know, <laughs> and um, from that point on, everybody, I was a student of anybody picking up the bass, you know, in music, you know, so it doesn't matter who it is. I can learn something from you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No doubt about that. And David, I want you to know that um, you really dating yourself when you say the Brothers Johnson. You know that, right? <laughs> you really that's that's, all right. that's no. good music right there, though. <laughs> David, <laughs> I mean, I'm back in that day too, David. You know, I was born in the sixties and seventies. I grew up with the brother Johnson, you right. know, Cole Train, yes, uh, Rick James. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. all all the people back then, Michael Jackson, Prince. You of know, course. even you even go back to the seventies. You know, oh yeah, the game. You know, and Earth Wind and Fire. I was you know, listening to all that too. Yeah, <laughs> yep, all that rare earth, people, oh, the early Osley brothers, all the good stuff there. Gap band, oh my, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, all oh, that, even radio. Oh man, okay. oh you really? <laughs> yeah, Barcades. I mean, yes. Mother's oh, Finest. Come on, man, we can keep going. <laughs> we really could, man. We really could. Now you're not telling age, but one of the reasons I want to own the podcast, David, I'm also a music lover too. Um, uh, my dad was a musician. He had his own band, and he was ministering music, and he taught music at the elementary school, and it's just a band right at the high school. So I wow. love being a musician. You can be very busy. My mom right. also taught piano lessons to the local kids, and so wow. she was the English teacher. So music was very integral in my family. Uh, we each had to play our instrument, and mm-hmm. so I got three brothers in addition to myself. And uh-huh. so uh, my oldest played the trombone. The middle right. brother played the uh, 
trumpet. I played the saxophone. My younger brother, he sang and played the piano. And so that wasn't mm-hmm. up for um, optional. Wasn't it up for like, do you want to play an instrument? No, you're going to play an instrument. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're going to play an instrument. You're going to play an instrument and you're going to study hard in school. So that was you know, back in the day where there was no nonsense parenting. Back right. Then. No doubt. No doubt. But also, one thing about that is coming up in the musical family is that my dad like many types of music, classical, jazz, gospel. Mm-hmm. And so when do your bio, I understand that you also include that music, that type of music in your plan. Absolutely. 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 Everything. I, I, I was listening to everything anyway, but you know, it was a couple of things I said, I you know, I wasn't into. And then, but when I was in college mm-hmm. and uh, I had a girlfriend that was, a, that was a singer. Uh, she was at the Boston conservatory and then she, wow. she, uh, then she was at Berkeley and she she had her roommates wall for the Boston Conservatory. So <laughs> they invited me to uh, an opera. And I was like, man, I don't want to go to no opera, you know. And so I, I was like, but I'll go, you know, because my girlfriend at the time. So I went and it was like two tunes in there that were pretty cool. I was like, wait a minute. I'm feeling this. I like that was that, you know. So I said from that point on, I said I never look down on any other kind of music or and never, you know, just brush it aside, you know, because it's, it's something good and everything. Well, I don't know what today's stuff. I ain't even going to say anything. <laughs> but I'm talking about any real music genre, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's something in everything to listen to, you know, so never just uh, n- never count out a whole genre. Right, right. And you do many genres. I listen on your body. You do pop, R&B, rock, jazz, gospel. Is there one that you prefer over another? Well, I mean, I grew up on funk, but the, I, I have my moments, you know, like, mm-hmm. shoot, I, you know, there's straight, there's times when I just want to hear straight ahead. And uh-huh. then there's times when I just want to hear reggae. And there's times when I want to hear go-go from DC, yeah. you know DC, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the DC go-go. Times, remind me of that, yeah. Yeah, it's times when I just want to hear old school funk. There's times when I want to hear classic rock. It's times when I want to hear hard rock. So it it just, it's times when I just want to hear Brazilian music. So mm-hmm. I get in my moods, I think. You know, and feeds times when I just want to be in a, a fusion mood. So, I mean, it, you know, I just want to hear gospel. So it just, it, it depends. It depends. But I, I'm open to everything. Now, was was you in um, high school band? Is that where you started? I know you said Yeah, I was in high school. I was in the string orchestra on upright bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I was, uh, and I was also in the jazz band. Oh, man, the jazz band. We also have a jazz band back in high school, too. My brother was in the jazz band. He enjoyed it very much. Now, did you go to, when you went to college, did you you go to college and major in music? Yep, yep, music production and engineering. And and, and, um, so, you know, we just like... You know, we have projects. <laughs> See, I'm about to tell on myself because I, I, you only, you really are supposed to like produce a project, or you're supposed to be the engineer, or you're supposed to be, you know, uh, um, uh, or the, uh, the arranger. And right. actually, on my, on my projects, I did everything. I just assigned <laughs> people. Well, I was only, well, I did write the song and, and I didn't play bass. I had one of my students play bass on the project. And so I was just supposed to be the producer. But I ended up having to engineer it as well because the engineer was wasting our time. We only had a limited amount of time. So I had to come in and make executive call and be like, all right, you get your credit, but I got to do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, my, my best friend teases me about that. Cause I got an A plus on that project. Wow. And, and he remembers he was in that, uh, a different 
he was in the same teacher's class, but not in the same class with me. And the teacher used my project as the example of, <laughs> of the whole thing. And he, he still talks about it today. You know, he, we've always been in competition. So like, man, just give it, leave it alone. Give it, give it, give it up. You know, <laughs> but David, you know, whenever you lose to someone or you lose something, you know what I'm saying? Right. Forget, you know, you, you remember, and you talk to any famous athlete, the, um, the nicest, the Super Bowls, right? Uh, they they great, but what they remember most, the losses, right? The right, right. And they're compared to heartbreaks, you know. It, it is still compared to the heartbreaks, you know. Right. I just the other day, you know, talking about Larry Bird, you know, the time uh-huh. they lost, you know, Larry, and what he remembers most. So, you know, it's, it's very competitive <laughs> that we are, and especially being men, we are very competitive. He's not going to let that down. No, he is not going to let that down. Yeah, when you're competitive, you you don't forget. You're right. You're right. (laughs) So, did you? So, apparently, do you have great parental parental support to go into music when you? Oh yeah, my parents always supported my music. They, you know, they always um got me tickets for the uh, to see that what I wanted to. I mean, I had a thick stack of tickets. I was always going to see. All the shows that came in town that I went. Well, first of all, even before that point, when I was younger, they would take me to the Cotter Baron in D.C. And it was like a summer series. Every summer they had everybody. I mean, I'm talking about like Chaka Khan, Billy Preston, James Brown, Blue Med. I mean, uh, uh, New Birth. Uh, I mean, they had everybody. Earth, Wind & Fire. They had everybody. And um, they got like season tickets. So, and of course, I was loving it. I was yeah, doing one every yeah. week. And so, I mean, the music was always there. And then when I got older, me and my sister, of course, my favorite two groups, you know, in, in, in junior high school and college was like P-Funk and, and Earth, Wind & Fire. They was like the top yes. groups. So anytime they came in town, I was there. The Capitol Center, RFK Stadium, uh, Coldfield House, it didn't matter. I'm, go- I'm going to see the show. Mm-hmm. And I remember one show, which is why you don't see lineups like this. It was Natalie Cole opening for Brothers Johnson and then Bootsy. Wow, <laughs> you're right about that. You're right yeah, about yeah. that, man. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. yeah. Well, all my favorite, I love I loved Natalie Cole, too. So, you know, I yeah. was like, it, it was oh. it was a great show, you know. Oh. And, of course, Bootsy. So, um, but, uh, so they always supported. Now, at one, <laughs> now, yeah, at one, now, it, it was one point in, in, uh, when, uh, uh, like I guess 11th grade and I said what college I wanted to go to music college now me and my pops did have a little tiff about that one <laughs> and uh, you know because they wanted me to have something to fall back on I was like well yes. there's always production that's why I'm going to music production music production engineering there's always something you know right and um, they were like uh, you know they finally you know one day in church you know my pops saw me playing and he, he just, just you know, say that he, you know, I'm, I'm gonna let you go to that college, you know, mm. and um, but uh, in my mind, I was like, I'm, I'm going anyway. You know what I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make sure whatever um, I gotta do, I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that now, David. You didn't say that then. <laughs> oh, heck no. Hey, you Don't know what? My pops. I'm glad you said that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Nah, yeah. Yeah. No. We. He, it got heated. It got heated. It did. It did get heated. And he came back and apologized later on and all. Mm. And, and they've been nothing but supportive. Mm. Non-stop. You know, through the, the whole thing. So I, you know, I, I really appreciate my parents. Love them to death. They're the greatest parents. That that is fantastic. Cause I had a, a previous um, guest on my podcast, Dr. Tamisha Brock, and mm-hmm. she runs Prestigious Music Concepts, and uh-huh. she 
talks about the different careers that's in music. And right. I didn't know there was over 100 some careers in music for music majors. Because you see all the HBCU bands, you see the college bands with the Ohio mm-hmm. State, Michigan, Stanford. You know, right. you see, you know, the bands all halftime. Mm-hmm. And there's a, for a lot of people to be music majors, there's a lot of jobs out there. So when a kid, especially high school kids, say, Mom or Dad, I want to major in music in college, they look at them, well, you know, because it's not the safest type of occupation to have, right? Right. Be a lawyer, doctor, engineer, the corporate exactly. jobs, exactly. right? Right. And so not all the time do they get that support when they say, Mom and Dad, I want to major in music, you know, because they mm-hmm. worry about just the safety and everything else. But I'm so happy to hear that your parents supported you. That is fantastic. Well, let me tell you something else. Uh, It came full circle because when I was 12, when um, I remember when I was, was that? Yeah, I was around 12. I was young. I was young. And um, I remember, I remember where I was and who I asked. And I asked my pops, I was like, we were on the front steps on the porch. And I said, pop, how do you know what kind of career to go into? Mm. And he paused for a minute. He said, just make sure it's something that you love. Yes. That was the one. Because, see, at that point, I love music. I love martial arts. Mm-hmm. And I love the weather. I love the study of the weather. I'd be going right. and study anything that was kind of ominous. I was like, man, let me study sharks and stuff. Stuff and yeah. Like, what? It could eat me in the water? <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> tornado? What? So, I mean, I was it's stuff like that just intrigues me. Uh-huh. So, I was thinking, I mean, I was my best friend. Help me decide because I was. I remember we were in the kitchen, uh, my my parents' kitchen, and he said um, he he had already decided he was going to Berkeley, and I was thinking about going to Penn State and in the major in like meteorology, uh-huh. and he was like, "Come on, man, you know you want to be, be a musician. Come on, man!" And he made it made me think. I said, "You're right. I love music more than I do weather. So let's do it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you made that decision. I'm so glad you made that decision. And right. my audience would not be remiss if they asked me. I said you was a two-time Grammy-nominated composer. What What did you compose? What two songs, or what did you get nominated for? What on on um Tim Hagen's Imagination, ima- Animation Imagination record. It's mm-hmm. it's wild. Not everybody can listen to it, but it was it's uh, amongst a lot of musicians. I, I realized it was a cult following. I found that out. <laughs> but um, I wrote a tune called. Now, I didn't title this. The original title is French Toast. Uh-huh. But the producer, at the, Bob, Bob Belden, great producer Bob Belden, that reissued a lot of stuff for him, um, for Columbia and stuff, a lot of great records. Great producer. He um, he titled it French Girl. Okay. And what he went, and could be, and that's because my the, my original song was kind of fast, you know, kind of fast. Uh-huh. And he... Uh, you know, more medium tempo. He slowed it down to like a Miles Davis type of thing okay. and made it real slow. And we didn't even go to the bridge and he called it French Girl because it sounded real sexy. Uh-huh. And I, at first I was like, man, he messing my song up. And then I was like, but but when we finished, I said, I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and we got nominated. We got nominated. Um, but. We got nominated in the category. Okay, the first time who beat me out? Uh, David Sanborn beat us out the second time on in inside. But the first time it was Baylor Fleck and the Fleck Tones. They beat us out. Mm-hmm. They beat us out uh, for the uh, competitions on that. And um, 
So, but at least we got nominated. So yeah, I was happy. Yeah, and then, man, it ain't too many people get nominated. It ain't too many right. people in this country can say, "Hey, I've been a two-time Grammy nominated composer." On the second, on the second nomination was actually for production um, okay. for for the live version of Animation Live. Imagination Live, boy. I can always get the name mixed up because this is like a little trick. Animation Live, but that's and that's the same band, but it's called uh, Hagen's Belden Hagen Belden Band. Wow. A lot and live, and it was it actually we recorded that live in um, uh, Canada, Toronto, Canada. Oh man! And so it's production, you know, for production for that. So, but um, you know, so but uh, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to win and get the full on joint with these guys. I you know, I didn't. I didn't even know until <laughs> a couple of years ago that I could even say that I was nominated for that. I'm like, man, we were lost. So that's it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? About, we're going about that loss, right? Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Losses, right? I All right, that's why your friend keep reminding you because he remember no losses. See, right, right, right. Losses, I can't. Man. I can't wait to take the nominations off and just. I mean, the the, the nominated yeah. off and then say one. I can't wait. I can't I, wait. I, 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 it, it is going to happen because another thing, audience, is you know that David came up with a thing called moot picking, bass technique. David, explain to our audience and to me because I never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Moot picking technique. All right, well, it, I first started by listening to Marcus Miller, the whole you know uh, palm muting, mm-hmm. palm muting, where you put your palm on the um, uh, you put your palm on the bridge near the bridge on the strings to kind of mute it, and then you then you pick and you play it with your um you know um use your thumb to mute you know so the muting is actually on your palm, and then you 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 play uh, the notes with your thumb. So a lot of bass players know about that. That's palm muting. But I first I I love the way Marcus Mueller did it. So I you know I, I've used it for like uh, interludes or to break down a groove or whatever, and then. Then I started trying to take it a little further and, and play lines and do it, all kind of stuff. And my thumb muscle was like, 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 you know, I was in pain. It was wearing me out. So I said, <laughs> so I said let me incorporate the other fingers, um, you know, my index and the, and the, the middle finger. Eventually I started recording, uh, you know, incorporating the rest of my fingers. But, but it turned into something different because it's more percussive. It turned into be more percussive um, when I started using my other fingers. And, so I'm still, still kind of palm, palm, palm muting, but I'm, I'm, I'm picking, I'm picking with my fingers. So that's what I, I call it. And my best friend says, I don't like the name you picking. I think you should call it this. And I'm like, man, you, he thought I, my last album shouldn't have been called Unleashed. So I mean, like, <laughs> I'm like, hey man, you, you name your stuff and name yeah. your album. I name my stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's always somebody want to come in and do your thing. Yeah. Right? Or you what you supposed to do. Business, you know? Like, how about I name, I rename you. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, so, so, but but where, where that, where, where I knew I had something different is I had a student, he's a great bass player named Steve Jenkins. And, um, he played with Dreaming Headless Torsos, Dave Fuzeski, a lot of people, crazy technique. And, um, he, we would do in a lesson and he, and he saw me doing it. He's like, Oh man, wait, wait, what are you doing? And see, he, was on he was always on top of all the top techniques. Anything wow. break the wood that anybody was doing, he had them down. I mean, he had great technique. 
And um, when so when he was intrigued by what I was doing, I said, "I got something. Let me really develop this because this this is this is me." Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And um, and I remember doing a um another inspirational word that was given that stuck with me is I was doing a Metro Talent search, and it was a, like a a base compilation thing, and I, I didn't know how to grab the crowd or nothing. I'm just trying to do something technically technical and yeah. think I'm wowing somebody, you know. <laughs> so of course, when I pulled out the funk stuff, you know, everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah," but but anything else, they were like, "Whatever," it just goes over their head. So I'm waiting back, and I was a Stanley Clark fanatic at the time. Oh, so yeah, I, I love Stanley Clark. Me too. Yeah. I love Stanley. I'm a Stanley fan. Yeah, me too. And I wanted to be Stanley at one point. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I had a, 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 one of my classmates. I love Stanley so much. One of my classmates in high school knew I did and had a shirt made for me saying Stanley oh, Clark. Man, I thought that was so great, sweet man. over her. You got good and, friends. Yeah. And so I have friends too. Okay. Just get what you're watching, David. My friends, you, you're okay. All right. Don't, don't come on here and say, I'm oh, with David. Say he ain't good friends, but you didn't mention us. Hey, I have good friends too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my friend about the podcast. Well, I mentioned you didn't say nothing about us being good friends. Hey, I had the greatest <laughs> friends in the world. Y'all just know me a Clark t shirt. So next time, give me a Santa Clark t shirt and I, hey, and, and we'd be better friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> but uh yeah so this guy um he um he came backstage while i was waiting to hear whether i won or not and he said and he was an older guy so uh-huh. I, so you know and i'm a young you know young teenager so i'm thinking he's gonna say I, I was doing something you know he said yeah yeah you the bass player you sounded good man but you could play but you sound just like stanley clark you need to find your own. You need to find your own voice. You know, you need to find a sound of your own, you know, your own style. And it kind of hurt, hurt my feelings, but it's the best thing I could have heard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from that point on, I was trying to, so, so even throughout playing with all these groups, I was still searching for something that's me. Cause that whole, that whole trying to be the, you know, of course, when I was younger, I wanted to be the greatest bass player in the world. Of you know, course, you know what? that's never attainable. Never. Uh-huh. Because there's always going to be somebody greater than you, yeah. or or somebody will always perceive somebody greater than you. So that that's not even you know that's great as far as being great and trying to be great yourself. Mm-hmm. But the best thing is being the best you that you can be. That's yeah. that's 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 yeah. what it's all about. So when you find yourself and your own sound. And you can you you could be I mean being the best you you could be you're in competition with, with nobody there's no yeah. competition yeah. you just in comp you know you're just trying to be great you're just trying to up yourself you're not in competition with anybody else so that when I felt when I started developing that technique and so then I had a gig after I was with my student and and, and it was no drummer oh man so it was just me a keyboardist and a guitarist and it was his gig Jerry Gordon he was like a jazz kind of Latin guitarist. And so I use that technique because I could do like chords and, you know, you know, you know, I keep the rhythm and do play the bass and do chords and, and stuff. And he says solo. And I was like, I never tried to solo with this technique. <laughs> Dang, you know, so that threw me off. But I, you know, I was game and, and I tried and it went off real well. I said, oh, man. So it started opening, you know, the door started opening wider for this technique. I was like, oh, wow. So I was using it for jazz, Latin. Then I started, I used it for everything. Only it was only maybe two places where I tried to use it and they didn't like it. Uh-huh. And that was with the great Phil Upchurch. 
uh-huh. um, guitar player, you know, played with Donny Hathaway and everything. Uh-huh. I did, I did an album with him and, and his son, a great, great musician, period. Um, Sean Rickman uh, plays everything. And he's like, no, nah, I want the notes to ring louder. He's cause he wanted, and that's the same thing with one of the reggae cats that I was playing with. He, he wanted the notes to ring louder. That's the only thing, you know, longer. And so if you're muting, then it's, they're not going to you know, if you're kind of doing a muting technique, it doesn't, but otherwise shoot, I use it. I mean, it's, I used it on Phil um, Bailey, Philip Bailey's record, just Joe, soul on jazz. And the funny thing, when he came in the studio, um, I kind of, he wasn't there when we were arranging. His musical director was there. And I kind of, I helped, I didn't take any credit for it, but I helped arrange one of the tunes and I, and I and set up the bass line. So when Phil came in, um, Philip Bailey, he's like, yeah. I love that. Who came up with that? And, then, and and the funny thing is the musical director paused and then he kind of looked over at me and just kind of pointed. You know, uh, he didn't want to give yeah. me my credit. Yeah. It was funny, man. It was funny, but um, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was an honor. So I mean, I, I knew I wanted to start getting getting the you know getting the style on record because somebody else going to start doing it and be like, hey, I did it first. I did it, you know. Yeah, so yeah, I was like you know. Yeah. So I know, and that'll pro- that could probably happen anyway. But I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just all I like I said, I'm in com- competition with nobody. All I can do is, you know, the other people were the ones that told me mm-hmm. that they've never seen it before. I see it every time. I mean, I've never heard anybody say, "Oh, I do that." Oh, I heard somebody do that. Mm-hmm. Now there was one. There's one bass player um, named Alex Al when I was coming up and, and one of my boys, Tim Carmen's, uh, killer keyboardist played with Eric Clapton and everybody. He he said, man, there's a bass player on the West coast that sound that sounds like he could be your brother. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was like, who is this catchy time? And, and this, this is way back when I'm here. He said, y'all play, y'all got a similar technique. Y'all sound like, and I found out it was Alex Al. And I see, I hear what they're saying. Uh-huh. Mine is still different. It's not, it's, 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 it's a little more, it, you know, I love what I was doing and I love his playing. He's a killer player. Uh-huh. But, and I can hear what they're saying that well, why we sound different. And then we found, eventually met and we did the uh, base clinics together and everything, but it's still different. It's still different. Well, that is fantastic, man. David, hey, man, I hate in this podcast, man. You've been a wealth of musical knowledge, man. I mean, I'm going to have to have you back. There is no doubt about it, man. I didn't want to have to go on you through this podcast, man. But dude, well, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, take up all your time, man. I'm probably. <laughs> I, I, I am so happy. I learned so much, man, and I'm, I know I'm gonna learn even more from you. I'm a big hey, jazz man. fan, RB. I, like I said before, I grew up with a musical family, man. When you listen to everything from classical jazz, it's like you did gospel, right? You listen to array of music, so I'm just so happy. Um, mm-hmm. Before you leave, yes, uh, can you give any suggestions or advice to our young people who might want to get into music? Um. Yeah. Just. Keep, you know, I mean, definitely this music business can be even for at all levels can be kind of disheartening at certain points. And that's why my and I know that's why my parents didn't want me in it, because, you know, a lot of musicians, you know, they have hardships and this and that. But even like through the pandemic, mm-hmm. I kept my focus on what I wanted to do on my right. goals. And that's how you keep being depressed and everything else, like during a, a, dep- a p- pandemic. 
um, just keep focused, keep keep working on being better, and don't focus on what's going on because eventually that's going all that's going to pass, and you've gotten better, but other people that have been sitting around soaking didn't get better, right. you know, or didn't create something new. So um, the thing is, it's just uh, it's great to listen to all the different musicians, what no matter what your instrument is, um, listening, listening, and learning you know, different songs and solos and, and stuff that is to me like 85%, almost 90% of being a musician, because all that, that's your library, all that you listen to, the more you listen to and all different genres and stuff and different styles, learn that's your library. Because even today, sometimes I'll play something like I had a um, video recording yesterday with Larry Braggs um, and stuff will pop up. And you'll be like, dang, where'd I get that from? It'll be a lick that you grew up listening to way back and learned from a record. <laughs> that stuff comes out. It really does. I realize that. So it's crazy. So, you know, a lot of times I can't even remember where it's coming from. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's been embedded in you. I mean, you retain that memory sometimes. Things come out of nowhere. So, you know, right. that, that is great advice, man. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. And um, if, if, if um, if someone want to get in contact with you on social media, how can they reach you? Ready to do more um, bass lessons or just learn about music in general? Just know about the industry. I'm on Facebook. Um, David Dyson and David Dyson extended page. I don't know why I had the, the, the extra page because you know more people came. And got maxed out. Uh, also on Instagram, David Dyson Bass. Mm-hmm. I'm also a low hand funk on there, and the same thing happened. I started off as low hand funk, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you can find me on LinkedIn, David Dyson. You know? All right, David, we're gonna have all the information on our website and any venue, social media venue that we have that we put this podcast on. We're gonna have the information down there, man. But thank Get you it. so much for coming on our show today, man. I really appreciate it. And my like honor, said, man. Your wealth of musical knowledge there. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored, man. And I'd like to thank our viewers and listeners for joining me, Mitchell Rivers, on the Career Education Learning Center podcast, where we make your career dreams a reality. God bless. <laughs>